Hey there, Sean. Hey, Pierce. How's it going? It's pretty okay. All right. It means it's time for another episode of the It's Pretty Okay podcast. Let's do it. Let's start the show. When we broke up, I laughed while you were crying. You said you couldn't stand my cheating and lying. After the first night, that's when I realized the truth. Oh, darling, I can't do without you. All right, guys, I, for me, right now, it is a dreary Sunday. It is about 60 degrees. Um, I just bought ground beef because it's chilly season. Max, what other season is it? Yes, Football. yes. Uh, Football. Our, um, so so Football. you guys are, I, I'm, I'm really happy that you are able to record with me on this Sunday morning because I know that you are itching, itching to adjust your fantasy lineups um, hope, actually, I hope you were hurt badly by that just lack of football game on Thursday night. That was um, – if, if you weren't blackout drunk, you weren't enjoying it, I guess, which is only Eagles fans liked it. Um, but today is also – at least for me, it's a, it's a big day because I have been gainfully employed for five straight years as of, as of today, this very day. You you seem nonplussed. You're not proud of me. I was a liberal arts major. I think we just gave it the exact reaction it deserves. I mean, we talked last week. We talked last week about you're 26. It's time to be done with birthdays. This is the same thing. Like you haven't been gainfully employed with one. You haven't. You're not a one company man, right? You're not a one team player. Mm-mm. You've you've experienced all the world has to offer. So it's. It you know it's similar. There's a, a Patton Oswalt bit where he talks about you know once you're once you're like tw- you know once you're you hit 21 you basically just get a birthday every 10 years. So yeah. I'm 26. Shut the fuck up. Go to work. Yeah. Uh, and it's kind of the same thing. Oh, you've been working for five years. Shut the fuck up. Go to work. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's how I feel. But I think more important for what we're gonna dive into this week is that means it has been five years of me kind of calculating how long is it going to take me to get to work on a given day or get home uh, because ultimately some days I like work and some days I don't but being home is is always better and Max uh, you know you can be a little bit of a star now but you just your commute just changed quite quite drastically did it not it did, yes. Um, I moved for work. Yeah, and you used to to drive to work, and now you don't. Correct. I used to drive or fly to work, <laughs> right? And now I, <laughs> and now I don't do either of those. So, so yeah. I mean, I I am also thinking about moving though locally, and one thing that I have run into in thinking about that is, okay, but my commute is really good, and. I don't want it to be any longer than it is now. It's like 15 minutes, which is just totally fortunate a fortunate thing. But I am, in thinking about moving, I am thinking about how my commute will be affected. And, Sean, I think you're, you're a little more static in how yours is, though mine has been the same for about four years now. But is... Ultimately, I guess the question I want to answer today is, is it right for me to think so much about my commute when I'm thinking about moving? Uh, so to the question, to the immediate question, yes, you are right to think about your commute, especially if you're 
if you're moving around within the same you're you're not like going to a new place you're you're still sticking in one area and you're moving around it should be of mm-hmm. uh, you know i would say of paramount concern and it has been of paramount concern in my life you say my situation is more static but i think only one of us has lived at a different address each of the last seven years. This is the first summer I have not moved since I was in high school. And, and my my commute has been, like since I've been a, a working adult, my commute has been my number one concern in where mm-hmm. I live. Uh, and, and I live, you know, since college, I've lived in Charlottesville. I've lived in a smaller town than either of you but that doesn't mean that i don't have a commute my commute is just different and and even in college you know i i thought about it from the perspective of like my commute to my classes or my commute to my social life and i i chose that i wanted my commute to my social life to be walking down one flight of stairs um (laughs) if that if that but but now so i moved home i lived in New Orleans with my parents for almost a year after graduation. And then I moved back to Charlottesville and, and I was, uh, you know, I knew that I was coming back as a, a working stiff. I knew where I was working. Um, and I had some level of knowledge, like knowing my way around the city of Charlottesville. Mm-hmm. I was looking for, housing and i was looking specifically for housing with people to save a little money and the people that i was looking with were not people who were experienced in the city of charlottesville and where it's situated and so i really kind of drove a lot of the process of where we were looking because i made it very clear that probably my highest priority for living here and, it, and it's been the case everywhere I've lived this has been you know every place I've lived in Charlottesville my number one priority is am I somewhere that I can walk to work so yeah. my commute is about and the same as yours it's a slightly less probably 12 or so minutes but I walk to work every day unless it's a torrential downpour yeah I, and I guess where it's it is you're right it is kind of it is wrong to say that yours is more static. I guess what I think about is in your searches, you have lived in different places, but in each case, it's been about the same and you've been able to walk. And part of it is I think small – it's not necessarily – but it, you live in a smaller place, um, whereas like Max and I – one thing I have to consider is there might be a place that works really well, and I think it's the same for Max. But, okay, that means I have to take – to, I have to take a bus and then a metro train or two metros, and I think that yours is a little it's bit less. Co- it's simpler. less complicated. Yeah, absolutely. Complicated, yeah. I I totally agree with that. But yeah. you know, I I would say that that's a very that's kind of a narrow way to look at commuting because your frame of reference is what you're around. People who live in a you know a rural town in Oklahoma and go somewhere to work like they have a commute you know it, yeah. it's the the idea of commuting is just not working where you live and going somewhere that is not your home to work so i think that hmm. the other thing i realize is and 
I think you get it some in Charlottesville um, because it is a lovely city and it has kind of a, a center that people want to be around. Yeah. Uh, but you, there is more penalty for this this idea thinking about that that certainly Max and I have recently wrestled with, Sean, and you have dealt with too. But there is a very severe penalty for that focus on commute, living in the metro corridor, living within walking distance from big center areas. I don't think this is like a construction of of city environments, I, I think, which it always has been, but it really sucks, basically. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And, and there's some of that here, too. Like there, you know, I, I even the difference between living a few blocks off of the downtown mall where I live and living in the apartments that are on the downtown mall Mm -hmm. it's like a it's a big jump it could be you know as much as like a 50 percent jump in rent um so i i I get that i mean like i i I feel i feel the same crush of like how do i balance you know having a living situation that i want you know any a desirable living situation with you know being able to get to my job and like it's just it's just a smaller scale that's all it is i think i think when pierce was saying that the that it was static i think he means it's less variable too Mm. like it is a smaller scale but your walk is going to be probably 12 minutes regardless unless you like break your leg where my commute now requires a bus transferring to a subway Mm -hmm. and so when people ask how long it takes i'm like well it takes either 25 minutes up to an hour and a half like i just it's totally out of my control at some days and that's i think that's maybe what he meant yeah Um, and there are lots of other variables that come into play too so like i you know uh charlottesville is a pretty small town but there are other kind of uh outposts around it and like we you know i work with a lot of people uh, and it's it's largely it's people who have uh families and people who live in places like crozet that are about Hmm. 20 minutes west of town uh if we're talking just like a no traffic day, but that requires getting on an interstate or getting on like route 250 that has, you know, lights and traffic. And, and so for those people, for, for people who have other, you know, additional sort of life attachments that we all don't, you know, their, their commute situation is much more variable as well. And, you know, I know, you know, that's really bad in the DC area. We talked before we started recording about, you know, people who, live out in like in ashburn or leesburg and commute into dc and that sounds like a fucking nightmare but they what they've done they've done this balancing act that i talked about in this like Mm -hmm. they figured out that the best way for them to get the living situation that they wanted was for them to just accept that they would only be able to get that by having a hellish commute and there there's you know there's a lot of truth to that especially in big metropolitan areas where there's been a lot of kind of suburban sprawl like the whole point of the suburban sprawl is that people expanded out to places where land was cheaper and more plentiful and you could build bigger houses with backyards and pools for less money uh, or just feasibility you know that you can't you can't build it's hard to build a new house like that in Washington DC right now, but it's probably not very hard to do it in Loudoun County. 
Yeah, well, it, it becomes increasingly so as, <laughs> as people do this thing. But I, And I kind of wanted to get to this, which is um, what you're describing there is people said, I, I will – I will give up this this commute time. I will it will be worse so that I can quite literally buy more life to to buy a bigger living space, to have more room for the people that matter in my life, presumably their family, I don't know. Um but you know, pools and backyards and and Max, I think you you dealt with this this most recently when when you were doing your calculus uh to to move and especially where you lived in Boston. Um, how much did that play? How did you do the balancing act? Yeah, no, it played a ton. Um, I work right downtown Boston, and I was hoping when I was moving up here to find a place with a walkable commute, um, which is basically just a couple neighborhoods around downtown. Yeah. Um, but I chose to live a bit further out that involves, like I said earlier, a bus transferring to the T or the subway. Um and living with roommates essentially to save a lot of money and that yeah it was that was the decision essentially was how bad will the commute be um and i i had an opportunity to try out the living situation for a few months before committing which was kind of cool like a like a sublet if you will um so i got the opportunity to try the commute and decided that it wasn't too bad to to make up for the other benefits so and so yeah it played entirely yeah if i worked from home every day it would mean nothing and so you you did saving money. I mean, that's essentially in a lot of ways that's that's saving yourself for more life because that's things you can put to outside of of work, um, putting to to that. So, I yeah, I mean, I I totally get that, and I know that that's something that I have to think about too. I mean, again, Sean, because you live in a you live in a situation that honestly is, I think more people deal with it than deal with what Max and I are talking about, where you have, you either drive to work or, or you walk. I mean, I think buses are in a lot of places, but not every place. Um, but do you do you notice these these great, I mean, you mentioned right above the downtown mall. I feel like that's a, a special situation, but still, I mean, do you notice these same uh, rhythms, I suppose? How do you mean? Um, just... I, I guess, you know, I guess I'm just focusing again on on the penalty of of trying to trying to make it work with with walking to work versus you know getting more life in in pan tops or or whatever somewhere far away or crows. I mean, yeah, as I I've lived in three places in Charlottesville, and every time I have moved closer to the downtown mall, closer to my work, and I have paid steadily more in rent, uh, and have had steadily less space to call my own uh you know when i first moved back here i was living in a house uh down like down ridge street by by where where there's now now a wegmans um but we you know we had uh, we had four four young men in their early to mid 20s living in a single family house so like we had you know we had a yard we had like a deck you know with a grill um when i the next time I moved, I moved to a, a duplex in Belmont. So I had, you know, I, I had a floor, I had the upstairs, and then I had like a little front porch and kind of like a small, a very small yard. But now I live in an apartment yeah. building and it's like I have, I have my inside space, but I don't have, I don't have a balcony. I don't have any, you know, I, I have no, uh, 
I have no outside space that's like part of my residence. And so like I, I do like I feel I feel that and there are, you know, I know people that have lived in uh, I know a lot of people live in houses in Fry Springs where you can have like a house with a yard. Like you have it's basically like <laughs> it's sort of like the city and the suburbs are existing all in the same small package here. Exactly. And I think that you've you really hit on a, an important thing, which is you went from a house to a semi house to a totally not house, which is an apartment. And that is that is something that you you'd see with here. And I, I think that, you know, Boston, I'm not familiar with, but I think D.C. is one of the most uh, so after World War II, they they built they built the Pentagon, which is actually in Arlington, so it's just outside of D.C. In suburbs, there's Levittown in New Jersey, but the way it all works, I think D.C. is is really the petri dish because people said, "Oh, I can live in Virginia. I don't have to live in the city," and they move out and out and out and out. And this has happened steadily since then. And so the penalty for I want to live in a house is, as we went over, you live your commute's going to be at least in an hour and a half round trip. I mean, Max lived in Reston before, and that's where you can – or not lived – worked in Reston before and did a reverse commute, but uh, it was not good. And he was going the other way from traffic. And if you want to live you know, in a townhouse duplex situation, you still have to have an hour trip. So you lose life steadily. Yeah, and I think there's an extent to which like the idea of reverse commuting against traffic is like – it, that's all it's a myth because it, once you hit a certain volume of cars that are are going one way or you know that are going in and out all the time like there's no such thing as non-traffic mm-hmm. well two things on that one with the reverse commute is it's still sort of applicable because no matter how bad your traffic is <laughs> you can look across and be like i am yeah, not in that yeah, that's so fair. it is sort of it wasn't that bad but there's also something interesting with i, I was working in reston and um it, it brings up an interesting case where you mentioned before like people's people with family they have their lives somewhere and so for me my priorities are obviously close to work and then close to what i would call my social life which is where i want to be socially and so in in boston those are essentially the same places and in dc for pierce i get the sense they're similar enough but for me with my job out in Reston and living in Arlington, it was very much not the case because I had to choose between and and we have a friend of ours who has to make the same choice. Do I move closer to work, which has to be also further from friends and right. social life? Um, and that's a kind of an interesting take yeah, too I, because that's essentially <laughs> companies or places to work that are not in main metro areas. But it, it's definitely also it's like that opposite factor. Yeah, we we it occurs to me that we should have had Kevin on to talk about this because he is the uh he is the the patient zero on this as far as we're concerned. Um so all right, Matt, cuz you got to this point that I I kind of want to I, I kind of want to end with and it's the more theoretical one that that I'm dealing with. Uh you've talked a little bit about and it's something that we all face which is the idea of teleworking. Um, I actually just went to safe agile training. Don't worry about it on uh, Thursday and Friday. And so we live in this, this environment where you can have (laughs) more and more, uh, we're, we're using Skype right now. We're using Skype to, to communicate, but they also say with all this to work better, it's co-location. And Sean, I think that you, especially you probably do the most co-location work though. I go to work five days a week now, but I can do it remotely i think that 
Max has done remote, but has moved in part to be on premises. No, sorry for question, for for yeah, a ahead. small town hayseed like myself. Uh, when you yeah. say co-location, you mean uh, <laughs> working in the same office, like physically being in the same place. I thought that so was teams... just working. <laughs> so okay, okay. Like I said, uh, small town hayseed. A... Yeah. So yes. So working, seeing the people physically, being able yes. to. We don't we don't touch people anymore, but you know you know what I mean. Uh, All right, Don. Uh, certainly not at work. Uh, and so, so with this idea of actually we should all be in the same place, and and Max talking about going to rest in and being far away from from life. I I've, the the thing I'm dealing with is you should be able to work where you live and live as you want. But that is something that is, for lack of a better word and understanding, that is priced out for the vast, vast majority. No, of people. You're absolutely right. And so, if we can, if we can make this political for for a, a sec, you know, uh, I don't know how familiar either of you are with Jason Kander, but so he was the Missouri Secretary of State. Yes, uh, he's uh, I think is now running for mayor of Kansas City, uh, but he, he has a, um, he started a PAC called Let America Vote, all, you know, all about increasing voting rights, voting access, and he, he talks about, you know, wh- what his vision, his, like, a progressive ideal for the country, and what his, his vision is, you know, uh, people should be able to grow up, get an affordable education, find a good job, and have a family without having to leave their hometown if they don't want to. And I think that's what you're talking about. And, yes. you know, this is... And I actually thought about him when, when I was thinking of this yeah. topic. I remember him talking about it, but couldn't remember his yep. name. So this is this is a version of that. It's like you, you know, you get priced out of, you know, you have these desirable places to work. And it's it's the major metropolitan centers of the United States. It's D.C., it's New York, it's Boston, it's Los Angeles, San Francisco, Atlanta, Houston, Dallas, Chicago. These are all places where it's it's very desirable to work. That's where the good-paying jobs are. A- and so already we've disrupted that ideal by, by people feeling like they can't get a, a a good enough or fulfilling enough job in Lincoln, Nebraska. So they move to Chicago. But mm-hmm. if you can't afford to live in Chicago and work in Chicago, then all of a sudden you start moving out into the suburbs. If you're in DC, you know, if you want a job in DC, you might, you know, it could be bad enough that you can like the best place for you to be able to afford living is flipping Fredericksburg, which is like not yeah. close no, it's not. But I know people who who do that. And what you do by doing that is people that want to stay in Fredericksburg. That's their hometown. That's where they want to get, get their education. Out. They want to go to. They get priced out. That is, that is in many ways how gentrification works. Absolutely. But this is on a, this is on a huge scale because you disrupt a whole area. Atlanta is dealing with this right now with their. I believe it's called the Belt Line. But anyways, they have an area, and I believe the mayor recently said to the, which is largely. Um, black families they're like do not sell your property now it is about to be super valued don't leave 
and it's it's so it's kind of sad it, it really is sad that people have to leave places they love because people like honestly us who have good white collar jobs are like well i want to have as much life as possible but i want to save a buck or two yeah well amazon is about to nuke montgomery county maryland for that that's my is that's, this is that's real life that's, i mean this is my prediction uh, Montgomery County, Maryland is also already like one of the ritziest counties. Right. In America. Okay. But that's the thing. And so this is this is where we should probably close. Is that you know we we all need to think more about how our choices in that work life balance in that continuum of making these choices how it affects not just us but then the people you know as we move out you know as we move out into the suburbs or as we move to less expensive places like how does that affect someone else and then how does mm-hmm. their choice affect someone else past them and past them and past them and it just like we're all connect we're all connected man yeah and, and i mean max i know that you see this in in boston too and i <laughs> um even with things like uh you know airbnb laws and everything else and you know, maybe the the moral of the story is I should move closer to work <laughs> so that I don't disrupt. Oh, anything. there's a whole there's a whole other episode to be talked about with how Airbnb affects all this. Like we could talk for an hour on that easily. Yeah, we 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 probably should at some yeah point because you know we're so we're as knowledgeable as anyone else in how the this stuff works. But um, yeah, I I just they talk about work life balance, and I think ultimately. You choose. You kind of choose one over the other, and a lot of people can get hurt from that decision or be helped, but mostly hurt. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Any any final thoughts to share? Max, sage words. Uh I have many, but do you? No. <laughs> 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 Oof. On, I mean, you're, you're probably you're probably one of the smartest people in Boston now, so you probably do have sage words. But I'm reading a brief history of time. That's not that theory of relativity, but it's a different theory of relativity. Well, on that New England bashing note, I think we should probably move on. Uh, if you if you think we missed something in our discussion of uh, work life balance, commutes, moving to the suburbs, uh, come find us on Facebook or Twitter at Pretty Okay Pod and let us know what you think. Okay, uh, it is time now to move on to Pierce is Sorry. And on this dreary, uh, it's actually like 57 here and it's actively raining on mm. this gross Sunday. Uh, what are what are you looking to clear your conscience of? Uh, so, and, and I actually texted you when this was happening, uh, Sean. And this, is, this might be a, a podcast topic in itself because I really started to embrace it, which is, uh, I went to see Thin Lips, which is a group that, that Sean and I have seen, and I made, I thought very uh, deeply about what other band t-shirt to wear. And I'm sorry this week because I made the wrong choice. Um, <laughs> it, it's really kind of a double. I made the wrong choice and then didn't talk about it. Now, admittedly, our, our friend... Um, Chrissy noticed my shirt and said, nice shirt before the show. But one of my, uh, another group that I saw earlier this year in the previous show I wore the t-shirt of is Batfanks. 
And I was at DC9, which is a lovely, very small venue in, in DC. And during Thin Lips' set, uh, which was before Slaughter Beach Dog, who, who was actually the, the full headliner, um, I looked to my left, and uh, both members of Batfangs were standing pretty much directly next to me. And unfortunately, I was in a hop-along shirt, so I couldn't turn to them and like smile with thumbs up and be like, I love you guys. Um, so I really erred in my shirt choice, and I should have gone Batfang's shirt. Um, or at least said to them uh, that, that like, I've, I almost wore your shirt today, but I get really nervous around Betsy Wright because I, I, I really admire her a lot. Um, I just, I just want to be her. I want to play the car- guitar like her. I want to play the bass like her. I just kind of want to be a DC icon like her, but kind of on the underground. This, none of these things are going to happen. <laughs> We know that. So I get really sad. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we're, be a little more mindful of your band T-shirts when you go to local shows. That's what I'm saying. There you go. Uh, that's that's advice we can all get behind. Um, all right. So we'll uh, we'll close the show with a big idea from, from pop culture. And, and as I am wont to do, uh, I'm, I'm always out here looking for other podcasts to listen to. Um, and... Pierce, I've got one that I think you might like. Okay, I'll add it to the list. Uh, I'll 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 read a little bit of the uh, the the description, or actually, I'll just read the description. Uh, Welcome to the Ghibliotech, the podcast that leaps through the library of films from the world's greatest animation studio, Studio Ghibli. Oh. To coincide with UK broadcaster Film Four's complete Studio Ghibli retrospective this summer. Uh, Michael Leader, an avowed Ghibli fanatic, is sitting down with Jake Cunningham, who's never seen any of the studio's work before. Together, they'll be looking at the history behind Ghibli's films, uh, getting a critical perspective from Jake as a first-time viewer, and forcing Michael to rank some of his favorite ever films. So, this is interesting because Max is actually the Studio Ghibli head of, 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 our, of our triumvirate here. As he introduced me to Studio Ghibli, um, which is great. And I don't want to steal their thunder, but I thought about before, like, us discussing Max explaining why we should watch these films. Because as an adult, I'm not, like, dying to watch an animated film. But they are really cool, so I might check out this podcast. That's so funny, because I've only ever heard one of the two of you talk about this studio, and it's not Max. Yeah, but that's because I'm a pretentious (laughs) asshole who talks about movies that they haven't even seen. Hey! Uh, And and on that note, uh, last night I was... uh, I found myself at home with absolutely nothing to do, um, and, and college football was proving somewhat disappointing. So uh, you could have watched the basketball game that Ole Miss played. So instead, seventy six to 40 yeah, I don't, I don't want to do that. Uh, so instead, what I did was I watched Kill Bill one and two for the first time. Ooh, man, those are those are fun films. They are, uh, yeah, they are. Except for the part that Uma Thurman got really messed up from that car crash, which is sad and I feel bad about, and it involves a very bad man that has been in the news. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, uh, Studio uh, Ghibliotech, if you are uh, a Mononoke head, uh, Kill Bill, if you haven't seen them before, uh, make it happen. Uh, it's been too long already. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. I think that's probably what we have for this week, right? 
Yeah, I think that's okay. it. Thanks for thanks for listening. Okay, then that is the end of the show. You can find us on Facebook or Twitter at Pretty Okay Pod, or at our home on the web www.prettyokpod.com. Uh, while you're there, we've got some new writing up uh, over the last week. We had uh, Ian check back in uh, with his first uh, first song review in a, in a few weeks. Uh, he's been off for a while because some uh, big big things have been happening in his life, and and he he yeah. explains them in this post. And then uh, Pierce wrote a thing. Uh, that I'm sure will do wonders to dispel his notion that he is a pretentious asshole. <laughs> no, no, that you know we all have we all have brands. No, I wrote something about bread. Sort of. See, it's things like we all have brands that make it very yeah. clear that you'll never change your ways. Um. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so check that stuff out. Uh, or if the podcast is all you're about, uh, you can subscribe to this feed on your device of choice. You'll get our episodes fresh every Tuesday without having to go looking for them. If you do that, please do us a favor. Leave a rating, review, comment, that sort of thing. Uh, or tell a friend about the show. We would, uh, we would love to share what we're doing with them as well. We will be back again next week as always to talk about something else. Until then, I'm Sean. I'm Pierce. I'm Max. Thanks for listening. Bye.